Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We are a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoyed this week's message by Pastor Caleb Schaefer. Since it's Father's Day, I figured we could start with some dad jokes. Anybody like some dad jokes? Yeah. Only two people. <laughs> they have a reputation that precedes them, don't they? My hotel tried to change, uh, charge me $10 extra for air conditioning. I thought, that wasn't cool. <laughs> They're all bad. Don't, don't act like any dad joke is actually funny. Do you know who the greenest U.S. presidents in history were? The Bushes. My wife says I'm cheap, but I don't buy it. Last but not least, I only seem to get sick on weekdays. I must have a weekend immune system. <laughs> so bad. They're so bad. Oh, all right, anyways. We're in week uh, three of a series on Colossians, and um, so we last week focused on the key to consistency and longevity in our relationship with Jesus, and if you were here, you know the answer is really, really, really important. Uh, the key to longevity and consistency in our relationship with Jesus is what? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. And so this week, rather than jump ahead to Colossians 3, uh, I'm going to bundle Colossians 3 and about half of Colossians 4 together next week. But I want to jump back into Colossians 2 because Colossians 2 in the book is probably one of the meatier chapters of the book, and I feel like there were some additional things that, that uh, the Lord wanted to highlight for us. So with that being said, let's go ahead and pray. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Father's Day. We thank you, Lord, that you give us the Holy Spirit inside of us that cries out, Abba, Father, to make the connection that we are sons and daughters and children of God. I pray that as we read your word, Lord, that we would keep it simple. Lord, that you would be magnified this morning. Uh, God, as we read your word, I pray that you would speak into our hearts. You would not just speak to our minds, but you would speak to our hearts, our souls, and our spirits. In Jesus' name, amen. The key to longevity and consistency with Jesus is to keep our relationship with him simple. But to do that, there is something that we all have to do, because how many of you know that simple doesn't just happen? Okay, if we naturally can complicate and com make things complex, you have to kind of fight for simplicity sometimes. And so to keep things simple, our first point this morning is we have to resist a Jesus plus mentality. You ever... Um, you ever met someone that will take you to 18 different places before you would get to go where they said they were going to take you? Anybody ever? <laughs> anybody? Was that your childhood? Anybody? That was my childhood. I love my parents, but like my dad was always like, hey, do you want to go to the store with me real quick? And that never meant what it actually was. Because the store real quick was also had multiple pit stops on the way, and it wasn't real quick. It actually took forever. 
and you get to this point in the back seat where your, your eyes glaze over and you're looking out the window and you're like, how, why is this so long? I thought we were going to Sam's Club real quick. I do this, sadly, maybe I inherited it, but I do this to my kids. And uh, I can't tell you how many times that I've gone to one of my kids and I'm like, hey, do you wanna go to Sam's Club real quick? Or do you wanna go to the store real quick? Do you wanna go to Kroger's real quick or Target real quick? And uh, that ends up being not just point A to point B. It ends up being multiple pit stops. Between there, there's, uh, there's a Speedway to get some gas. There's Wendy's to get some food. There's going to a neighbor's house. There's going here and here and here. And we don't know all of the details. The kids don't know all the details, but things just kind of happen spontaneously. And before they know it, a half hour trip becomes an hour and a half. And I can't tell you how many times, just last night, we went somewhere we went to my parents to celebrate Father's Day with my dad, and then on the way home, we had a detour. And Gideon is the back seat, and he knows pretty much, like, he, he's got the navigation right. He knows how to, to get home, but he's like, where, where are we going? What, what, why are we turning here? Because in his head, he already has an idea of what the rest of the evening is going to go like. And so he's got his plan, but it's not a part of his plan. And so he sees we start turning down these roads we've never turned down before. And after a while, he's like, why? Why, why? why, can't, why can't we just go home? Can I tell you that when you add all of these things to your relationship with Jesus, that same feeling is often what you experience where things get added and things get complex and complicated and what's supposed to be simple no longer is simple and you start to get worn out and tired and fatigued by everything that has been added to your relationship with Jesus. A lot of times what happens is you start out and you're like, this is simple, I'll put my faith in Jesus and then along the road you have yourself beginning to add some expectations, and then you have people coming along adding things, and before you know it, you're just like a kid in the backseat thinking, I thought it was point A to point B. And then there's detour, 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 detour. How many of you know that we have enough detours in life, we don't need any more detours in our relationship with Jesus? We just gotta keep it simple. And so, here we are, and this is why we need to resist a Jesus plus mentality. Listen to me. What will satisfy the longings of the soul that is inside of every one of us? What will satisfy our search for purpose and meaning? What will give us authentic, lasting joy and peace and contentment? What's the answer? The answer is Jesus alone, not Jesus plus never-ending pit stops. As Timothy Keller said, he said, Jesus didn't come to tell us the answers to the questions of life. He came to be the answer. I love that. Because there are so many answers that we are looking for before we put our faith in Jesus. And I don't know about you, but my experience is this, is that often when you first put your faith in Jesus, then you no longer care about your questions being answered or his sufficiency is enough that he becomes the answer. 
It's like you lose, I love Kim Walker said this, she said, often I would come to Jesus looking for my questions being answered. Why did this happen? Why was this this way? And she said, as I got into his presence, I no longer cared about the questions being answered because his presence was enough. There will never be enough answers to the questions of your, of your life to convince you to put your faith in Jesus. You either recognize that your soul is in need of a connection with a Savior and the one who put the soul inside of you or not. And so a lot of times I think it's amazing because Paul did this in Athens. This is amazing. Paul was at Mars Hill and he was talking to all the philosophers and he was talking to all the Greek intellectual superiorities in their culture and only two people got saved. And then after that, he wrote the book of Corinthians where he said, I am convinced that I will now preach Christ and him crucified. Why? Because trying to meet all of the philosophical desires still was not convincing enough for people to just put their faith in Jesus. The whole point is, he was a spiritually intellectual superior, uh, superior, but yet he could not answer all the questions that were lingering in people's heart. You eventually have to come to your point where you say, you know what, I just need a savior. I need Jesus. Make it plain. Not Jesus plus other things, Jesus alone. Paul said in Colossians chapter 2.8, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. As you already know from week one, false teachers were coming into the Colossian church and they were pushing these things that you need to add to Jesus. We know those as Jesus plus Jewish legalism, Jesus plus Gnostic mysticism, Jesus plus religious asceticism. They were essentially saying, we know that you have put your faith in Jesus Christ alone, but Jesus alone isn't enough. Your spiritual life and experience needs some additional help. If you're going to get a full Keyword, full and complete spiritual experience. If you're going to experience everything in life to the fullest, then you need to add these additional teachings to your faith in Jesus. This was the Jesus plus mentality. And listen to what Paul said. Paul called this practice of adding additional things and teachings to Jesus empty deception. It's hollow. It's not... It's not fulfilling the marketing. It's incomplete. It was promising more and more fulfillment when in reality all it did was make them more empty. You know what I've come to learn in my life recently? Not everything that you add to your life actually enhances and enriches your life. Not everything you add actually enhances enhances. Listen, because I want you to get this. This is so important. Some additions actually subtract more from your life than they actually add to it. My mom, this is so funny. My mom loves nature, but she, she could write a book about her horror stories in nature. It's like this, this paradox that's just so funny to me. She loves seeing animals and then all of these like traumatic things have happened in her life and experiences with animals and stuff like that. This story is no different. My mom, 
uh, told me the story about how she learned that she could enrich the soil around her flowers and plants in her backyard by adding crushed eggshells to the soil. Has anyone ever heard that before? Is that like a thing? I didn't even know until she told me. So she said like, she learned that you could actually enhance and enrich the soil by adding these crushed eggshells to the soil. And in turn, what would happen is it would cause like your plants and your flowers to like flourish. So she did it thinking that that was going to enhance her garden only to find out a couple uh, mornings later that um, raccoons (laughs) really like crushed eggshells. And in the middle of the night, she comes out to her backyard completely dug up. Every flower, every plant was uprooted by these raccoons trying to get the crushed up eggshells. What did she learn? She found out that sometimes addition becomes subtraction. One of the things I've learned in my relationship with Jesus over the years is that, and this is so good, if the devil can't get you to walk away from Jesus, he will try to convince you to add something to your relationship with Jesus. And often the thing you add is what gets you to walk away. If you don't believe me, take a look at Genesis 2. Adam and Eve are in paradise, in the Garden of Eden. They have everything at their disposal. They are with God in the garden, They have fruit and vegetables growing from the soil effortlessly without crushed eggshells. And yet, what is the tactic of the enemy? All that you have isn't actually enough. You need to add something to this relationship with God. Matter of fact, God is holding something from you. Isn't that the plan of the enemy? He will, if he can't get you to walk away, he will convince you that God is a cosmic killjoy and you need to add these things to your relationship with Jesus to bring further fulfillment and completion. He's he's actually robbing you of the full experience. And here in the garden, what does he do? He says, hey, I know you have God and everything, but that's not really what's going to make you complete and fulfilled. You actually need what the fruit from this tree is going to give you. So what does he do? He convinces them, you need God plus this. And literally, it causes them to do what? Walk away. They are exiled from the presence of God because of what they try to add to God. If the devil can't get you to walk away from Jesus, He will first try to convince you to add something to him. This is why, in order for us to keep it simple, we have to resist the Jesus plus mentality. So what is a Jesus plus mentality? This is the definition that I could come to. It is a belief that if we add people, ideas, or things to the same level of importance as Jesus, that it will bring greater fulfillment and completion to our lives. That's the Jesus plus mentality. Now here's the thing, adding is not the problem because I'm not going to go from the church in a literal way, be like, you know what, my van's on E, but all I need is Jesus. It's not, 
adding is not the problem. The problem is that we have a tendency to elevate what we add. We elevate things to the same level of importance as Jesus, and that's when things get complicated and they get complex. And that's why we have to fight to resist this Jesus plus mentality. Listen to what Paul said in Colossians 1.15. Remember, Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. That phrase means that he is first in rank and importance. So he's supposed to be at the top. And everything that you add to your life does not get elevated, it gets under. There's this tendency to elevate things to the same level of rank and importance as Jesus. One of the questions that we have to consider this morning is this. Can I continue to add things to my life and still keep Jesus as the first in rank and importance in my life? You know the irony is that in Matthew 6, 33, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom, and everything else will be added. Don't fall deceived by the trap of the enemy to try to get you to add what Jesus will add if you keep him first and seek him first. This is what... He tries to do. By the way, it's impossible for you to add to Jesus, make things as important as Jesus, and not diminish the value of Jesus. We, we believe that we're enhancing and enriching our life by adding things. Let me give you another example. We went on a trip to Paris, Rome, and Athens, Greece. It was amazing. And I, it was so amazing, matter of fact, that I thought, I got to get this on camera. Because I may never come back, and so I want to enrich and enhance my experience by being able to get this footage on camera and be able to go home and re-watch re it when I'm getting nostalgic. Guess what? That addition was actually subtraction, and here's why. Because I went the whole trip like this. <laughs> trying to capture what I could have just experienced. And the addition was subtraction because Allison, Allison's experience of the trip was better than mine because I fell prey to the belief that this is so good. I got to just get this on film. And you know what's crazy? Never have I once watched that footage again. Sometimes addition is actually subtraction. He's the first in rank and important. So, what do we often add to our lives and then elevate? See, in life, we can add material possessions, can't we? Jesus plus new car. Jesus plus new home. Jesus plus new things. Bigger is better. Jesus plus... Jesus. We, we do this where it's like, um, I don't know, like if it was like this for you in high school, but like if I had a, if I had a midterm or a final exam, I often the day before would be like, Jesus, if I can pass this, I will serve you forever. <laughs> if I, <laughs> how'd that work out? And we 
when we add things, we put the same pressure on the thing to come through on our behalf. And then we get disappointed when life comes and life happens because we have confused what is Jesus and the thing we added. And then our theology about who God is gets all confused and complicated and complex and we're, we're like discouraged and we don't know what was Jesus and what was the other thing that we added to him because we've blended them together into some sort of hybrid God. Yeah. I was having a conversation with someone the other day that went through this life experience that was really difficult and they said, I just don't know why God is doing this to me. And everything they described was actually what they did. Yeah. What you did was you added something to the same level of rank and importance as Jesus. And now you don't know what Jesus is leading and what the thing is leading. Jesus plus material possessions. Jesus plus money. Make it plain and make it rain. Jesus plus fame. Jesus plus health. Jesus plus success, Jesus plus my job, Jesus plus philosophy, Jesus plus my college degrees, Jesus plus human psychology, Jesus plus my family, Jesus plus my children, Jesus plus my parents, Jesus plus my lifestyle. We all add these things, and I'm not saying that adding those things is where we go wrong, but when we elevate them to the same level of importance as Jesus, that's when things no longer are simple. They become complex and complicated. And by the way, you know why we can't elevate those things? Is because sadly in life, none of those things are promised for us to last forever. Only Jesus says, lo, I will be with you always to the end of the age. When we elevate these things to the same level of importance as Jesus, and what happens is we, they become contingencies that we keep on God for him to continue to preserve so that we'll follow him. Man, I got quiet. Are you understanding what I'm saying, though? As long as you preserve my family, I'll still follow you. I want my family to be preserved. I pray for my family to be preserved. I pray for my kids. I pray for my wife. I love it all. But what if something happened? Would I say, you know what? You didn't keep your end of the bargain. And just walk away. That's why we can't elevate to the same level of importance as Jesus. Now, these are all the natural things. Here's my point. Once again, I'm not saying that God has a problem with you having those things in your life. What I'm saying is that the moment these things challenge Jesus' level of rank and importance in your life, that is when life gets more complicated, complex, frustrating, and matter of fact, exhausting. Do you know, whatever you worship, you have to maintenance. You have to keep up. Things get exhausting and you get weary because you're trying to preserve these things you've elevated to the same level of Jesus. By the way, Jesus needs none of your preservation. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He does not need your help to be that. That's why it's so liberating to keep him where we keep him. 
the danger of adding things to Jesus is that after you do, you become more empty and you think the problem is that you need to add more to him to be fulfilled. And it creates a sick cycle. But the problem is not what you added. It's that what that added thing did to diminish the significance of Jesus in your life. When you add things to Jesus, it always comes with a price. The price is that Jesus' value in your life is diminished, and as a result, you become more empty, and you become disillusioned because you have this thing in your life. You don't need Jesus. You know what actually caused all of that to be reordered and reconstructed? COVID. Everything gets locked down, and everything that you have created as a foundation for your life gets dismantled and disrupted. Everything that you were like, you know what? Yeah, I have Jesus. And like, by the way, let me just say this because the Holy Spirit just dropped in my, my heart. A lot of times the reason why we add things to Jesus is because we first added Jesus. Jesus didn't become king. He just became an appendage that we walk around with. And so it's not that big of a deal to just continue to add more and more stuff because he didn't, we didn't surrender our lives to him. He didn't become the thing that we uh, orchestrate, orient our entire life around. He just became a thing that we added. Right. I, I, I follow Jesus because I get to add eternal security, and I get to add salvation. Right. And so we get into this sick cycle where we think, well, I'll just continue to add more and more. Well, did you add? Listen, Scripture tells us we don't add Jesus. We actually get absorbed into Jesus. We'll go there in a minute. We don't just add them, we get absorbed. The problem is that it all comes with a price. When you add things to Jesus, you create rivals in your heart that compete with Jesus for your affection, adoration, attention, time, and energy. And as Timothy Keller once again said on this, if you add anything to Jesus as a requirement for being happy, that's your real king. Y'all didn't think you were going to get the heavy word on Father's Day, did you? <laughs> That's your real king. We see this pattern in Israel. We have a theocracy, but give us a king like everybody else. I know we got God, but can we add an, a monarch? Because that's what everybody else has. See, God has no problem with you and I enjoying so many of those things, but he also will not have any other gods before him. The problem with elevating things in our lives is that we can easily become unhealthily codependent on those things to be fulfilled. We've got to resist a Jesus plus mentality. And you know what? Our natural lives are not the only place that we add and elevate people, ideas, or things to the same level of importance as Jesus. Importance as Jesus. We actually do this in our spiritual lives. We do. And, and, and by the way, um, the reason why Redeemer's Church is not a cult is because um, what I'm about to say is actually going to work against me. I'll get there in a minute. Let's talk about the things that we add. In our spiritual lives, we can add our spiritual performance, can't we? Jesus plus my spiritual performance. Jesus plus my perfection. 
and, And then what ends up happening is when you elevate your performance to the same level of importance as Jesus, where do you put your confidence for eternal security? You put it in your work. Are Jesus plus my spiritual intelligence? Jesus plus financial prosperity teaching? Man, if we could have everybody's YouTube searches highlighted. <laughs> let, me, let me find someone that teaches on this. On the other side of Jesus, Jesus plus financial prosperity teaching, Jesus plus suffering and persecution. You know that crazy Christian that just looks for persecution? Like, so they can be like Paul and pat themselves on the back like, we, we suffered for Jesus. No, you're crazy. And you just put yourself out there in an abrasive manner so you can pat yourself on the back like you did something that bears no fruit. Let me just say this. Uh, Taking a sign, going to the Gay Pride Festival and saying Jesus plus fags or Jesus hates fags is not going to really bear any fruit. But you counted yourself among those who suffered for Jesus. Jesus plus suffering and persecution. How about this one? Jesus plus my tithe. Jesus plus my tithe. You know what that is? That's elevating a principle of Scripture to the same level of importance as Jesus. Jesus plus. Because then what ends up happening is when we elevate Jesus or tithe to the same level of Jesus, then we can um, expect Jesus to be a slot machine. Why is my life not blessed this week? I tithed on Sunday. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm not. Now, listen, that would work against me because you're like, bless God. He said, I don't have to tithe anymore. That's not the whole point. If that happens, y'all coming up here and preaching. Just create a rotation. But the whole point is keep tithing under Jesus. Not elevate it to the same level as Jesus. Jesus plus sowing a seed. Sow seed for it. You want it? Go get it. You know, so many of these things that we add to Jesus are simply because we live in the greatest country in the world. Because I'm just telling you that um, the underground church in China, they're not sowing seeds for financial prosperity. They are begging that they could just have a couple pieces of Scripture. Like, part of this is dismantling oh, Jesus plus America. Right. Dismantling the expectations of what our Christian life is supposed to look like. How about this one? This is where I said it's going to work against me. Jesus plus pastors, leaders, and teachers. What, is, what does Bill Johnson have to say about this? Well, I know, I know what this person said, but what about John Bevere? What did he say? John Hagee? I'm about to start pulling out a whole bunch of names because I worked at a Christian bookstore. <laughs> and one will hit somebody. Francis Chan. Jesus plus pastors, leaders, and teachers. Have you ever found yourself leaning more on a spiritual leader than on Jesus? Jesus plus Bible. 
Uh, people were, oh, y'all are freaking out now. He's a heretic. Didn't, didn't um, Jesus talk to the Pharisees and he said, in this you have examined and searched the scriptures thinking that in your examination you have eternal life, yet they point to me. The goal of scripture is not you posting on Instagram that in the month of July when no one reads their Bible, you read the whole thing. <laughs> Jesus plus scripture. Now I'm going to bring this all together because some of you guys are like, oh, he is off his rocker. But have you ever found yourself leaning more on a spiritual leader than on Jesus? Jesus uses spiritual leaders, but where's your dependency? Because he can become unhealthily codependent. I'll never forget, I was at a conference in Brownsville for a summer, uh, a summer conference, and, um, oh, that's another one, Jesus plus the conference. Right. Je- and by the way, can I tell you, some of the most spiritually immature people that I've ever experienced are people that conference jump. They just want a spiritual high. Jesus plus the conference. Got to get to the conference. I was at Brownsville, and we were at this youth conference, and Judah Smith was preaching, and um, he is one of my favorites. And I have to keep, th- there was a time where I stopped, I had to unfollow him on Instagram, because I'm like, what is he going to say about this? And he was, at this, he was at this conference, and he was preaching. This is the first time I'd ever preached, or heard him, and if you've ever heard him preach, like, he is just a gifted speaker. And uh, so he's, uh, it's Brownsville, and you know, he does an altar call, and it's one of those altar calls where, like, they don't have a whole bunch of people standing out, up there to get prayer, so it's just kind of like, everyone take three steps forward, you know what I mean? Like, it's, there's too many, and so he's, like, doing a corporate prayer, and so he, like, blesses everybody, walks off the stage, and a friend and I are standing up there, and this guy jump, fights through the crowd, and lunges at him, and pulls on his shirt, and says, impart something to me, and he goes, anointing, yanks himself off and walks off stage. Why? You need Jesus, not what I can impart to you. It was this unhealthy connection and dependency on him. Do you remember in Acts 20, uh, 10, 26, where Cornelius fell on his knees in front of Peter and Peter said, get up. I am just a man. We can elevate spiritual leaders, pastors, and teachers to places that are unhealthy. Which is why people leave churches sometimes when they preach things they don't like or when the pastor gets it wrong. Oh, he preaches the the wrong stuff, so we can't be there. Hey, Please take notes of every sermon and go home and see whether or not Pastor Dwight or or I or anybody else is preaching is just lying to you. Please. Read it for yourself. I'm open to the rebuke and correction if it's seasoned with grace. So anyways, (laughs) Jesus plus Christian books. I need someone. I need Todd. Come up here, man. I love Todd. Yeah, honestly, I do. No, bring your Bible. I, was, uh, I knew Todd was going to be here with his father's day. I look forward to that every week. By the way, I'm like, how has this thing been preserved for so long? Okay, so I want you to, hold on, come here, come here. 
Take a journey with me. Jesus plus Christian books. Now, I worked for a Christian bookstore, so I can say this. Um, all right, Sam right here. All right, hey, this is a great book, right? Yes. You love it. Yeah. Okay, put it in your hands. It's a great book. But you need more. You need more. Because this is not enough. So I need you to hold this here. I got something for you. I, um, in order for you to grow, you need the Strong's. Okay, you're, you're not complete or fulfilled in Jesus alone. Like, you need this. If you don't have this, you, you, don't, want, you don't want Jesus. So go ahead and, you know, hold this just with your hands. There you go. Hey, be blessed. But you need, that's not enough, though. Okay, so I got a couple more books just to, to bless you. Okay, so we got, um, oh, this one right here. Do you want to know purpose for your life? Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Life. Number one bestseller, by the way, because you can't find it in the Bible. You need this. So, hey, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm helping you. I'm doing you a favor. Oh, you got to have some Maxwell because everybody's a leader. <laughs> so I'm going to give you, I'm going to bless you with failing forward. I'm going to bless, bless you with becoming a person of influence all the way. You need to spice up your life with your marriage, right? So I got five love languages because, Todd, I know you. And let's just say you don't know them all. So <laughs> this is really going to help you. Right, Tracy? Right? So, oh, but the love there, too, because this right here, it only just taps the surface, but, like, this will get you disciplined and consistent. So I, I need you to take the love dare. All these are, by the way, bestsellers in the Christian world. So, oh, here we go. God chasers. Change your life. This will change your life, right? So, Christian Atheist by Craig Groeschel. Are you guys getting a point? I, I, I want to continue because this is fun for me. But <laughs> Craig Groeschel, how to not live like an atheist and follow Jesus. Oh, we got Jack Hayford. Whew. I'm not going to put him in the middle. I'm going to put him up on the top. So I'll wait for that one. God's generals. You need to know about the generals of the faith and their testimonies. So, oh, and so you don't make anybody angry or get offended at anybody. You need beta Satan. <laughs> the people that are already offended didn't say amen to that one. So <laughs> hold on. You got to have prophetic gifting. So we got Graham Cook for you need you need to interpret your dreams and be inspired in your face. So I got dream giver. Um, you need to practice godliness. I got that one. Ooh, when heaven, I'm going to hold on to this one, Jack Hayford, because this is Bill Johnson. He's, it's Jesus, like in the hierarchy of spirituality, it's Jesus and then Bill Johnson. I don't know anybody else. <laughs> C.S. Lewis, mere Christianity changed your life. John Mark Comer, ruthless elimination. Oh, we got to have some Tozer in there, so I'm going to add some Tozer. Hold on. I'm, I'm blessing you, Todd. Trust me. <laughs> Matt Chandler, to live is Christ, to die is gain. This is about the book of Philippians. If you listen to my Philippian series, don't read this book. John Maxwell, again, because you didn't have enough. Tale of Three Kings. Now, for real, this is a really good book. I'm going to add that up there. Everyone, what's wrong? Oh, you're lowering it. You're lowering the word, aren't you? Francis Chan, Crazy Love. Erwin Raphael, McManus, Soul Cravings, great book. Oh, another John Maxwell, Difference Maker. 
because you haven't already made enough of a difference. Developing the leader, John Maxwell. David Platt, radical. This one is incredible. What's wrong? Okay, and then I'll put it. Pastor Dwight, which order do I put these in? Jack, Jack Hayford on the top, I'd say. Okay, so. Isn't it interesting that when you add in your relationship with Jesus, you actually never get to the book. And you live your whole life reading the top 10 bestsellers on Amazon about Christian life and never get to the scripture. And by the way, I have not read all of these books. Let me tell you why I own all of these. Because when I worked at the Christian bookstore, is it, are you struggling? You started to sweat? You knew. Okay. But when I worked at the Christian bookstore, there would, all of these books would come out, and I felt compelled that if I really love Jesus and I really want to be spiritually deep and profound and I really want to grow in my faith, then I am not complete and fulfilled with the scripture. I have to add all of these things to enhance and enrich my spiritual experience. Oh, on top of that, we don't have CDs anymore, but what about Jesus plus worship music? Jesus plus Maverick City because... <laughs> the presence of God hit different with Maverick City. Come on. That's what y'all YouTube when you don't like the set list at home. Jesus plus Maverick, Jesus plus Israel Houghton. The people are like, no, I'm past him. Jesus plus Bethel, Jesus plus Hillsong, Jesus plus, Jesus plus, Jesus plus, Jesus plus, Jesus plus, and all of the pluses diminish the beauty of Jesus when you make them the object of your attention, affection, adoration, time, and energy. And carrying all that around is pretty heavy, isn't it? Right. Right. But do you see that now we have this burden and the life that is supposed to just be so simple is now complex and complicated and we're weary because we feel like we have to have all of these things to enhance and enrich our relationship with Jesus. It, it's just a subtle thing. Okay? Now, you don't. These are all incredible. Trust me. Ask someone who has read them. <laughs> I put them on my bookshelf so you guys think I'm spiritually profound. Okay, you can go back. But really, all you need is this. That's all you need. Now, let me just, let me put everything to, together because some of you are, you guys like, I'm, <laughs> you don't need to burn your books at home. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what I'm saying. But here's the whole point. Um, Jesus plus our spiritual revelation. How many of you know that we can add all sorts of things and elevate them to the same level of importance that Jesus is, and it's unhealthy? That's why Paul said in Colossians 2, 16 and 17, I just got like a couple more things to say. Is that all right? Because I know it's Father's Day and you guys were like, you know, I'm only coming to church hoping I'll be out by 1120. Like, will they do me a favor? Will the church give me a gift? Colossians 2, 16 and 17. This is why Paul said what he said. He said, therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. 
How do we as Christians add spiritual things to Jesus? Here's the answer. We make the shadows that are only supposed to just point you to Jesus the substance instead of Jesus. Right now, there's a shadow. I actually don't create the shadow. It's the light on me that creates the shadow. When we elevate things to the same level of importance as Jesus, it's because we've taken shadows that the light of God has been put on and we make those the objects of our adoration affection rather than realizing they are simply something that is supposed to point you to the thing that caused the light to come on it. We make shadows the substance instead of Christ. These shadows are made by something else. Paul was addressing the fact that these teachers were making things that, uh, that were religious practices that pointed to Jesus as important as Jesus. In the Christian world, the way we add things to the same level of importance as Jesus is by taking shadows that are simply supposed to point us to him, they become the objects of our affection, attention, and adoration, and this is where we close. When we consider our human tendency to want to add things both naturally and spiritually to our lives and elevate them to the same level of importance as Jesus, there's a reason why we do this. We do this because we believe that we are still lacking something. We do this because we believe that we are incomplete, that there's a void that needs to be filled for us to be fulfilled, that in order for us to truly be complete, we need to add more. But listen to me this morning. We are not made more complete by what we add. We are made complete by the one who completes us. And Paul transitions in Colossians 2 to this reality. In Colossians 2, 3, he says this, In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Verse 6, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Verse 7, Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him. Verse 9, for in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And verse 10, in him you have been made complete. How are we made complete? In him, verse 11, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12, having been buried with and in him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with in him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Verse 13, when you were dead in your transgressions, your sins, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with or in him, having forgiven us of all transgressions. Gresions. In verse 14, every requirement to pay for our sin was paid in him. Verse 15, every enemy was defeated by him. Listen to me this morning. We walk in him. We are rooted and built up in him. We were on the cross with him. We have been buried with him. We are raised with him. Every requirement to pay for our sin was paid by him. We are made alive in him. All the treasure, treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. 
all of who God is is found in him. And the reason why we don't need to elevate anything to the same level of rank and importance as Jesus from a belief that it will bring greater fulfillment and completion in our lives is because we are already completed and fulfilled in him. It is in him that we have been made complete. And let me tell you, you don't want to add something to Jesus and you don't want to add Jesus to your life. You want to be found in him. You want to be found in him. Do you know in Revelations where it says night and day the accuser stands before the brethren and makes accusations? Do you know why he does that? Because there are things in our lives, realistically, that are worthy of accusation. But when he looks to his left and he sees that it is Jesus, it's not Jesus plus you, it's just Jesus. The reason why in the courtroom of heaven, God says, I don't see any evidence of anything to be accused, is because you are in him. You're in him. You don't want to just add him. You want to be found in him. And that drives the devil crazy. What do you mean Caleb didn't do that? I saw him do it. And the father looks at the son and says, but he's absorbed in him. They're one. We don't get added to Jesus. We get absorbed into Jesus. We are seated in heavenly places in him and in him you've been made complete will you stand with me as peter said in second peter 1 2 through 4 for his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything say everything Everything. you have been blessed by the father with everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence what is the key to longevity and consistency in our relationship with jesus it's to keep it simple how do we do that we resist adding things and elevating them to the same level of importance as jesus and why do we resist doing that because it will not further fulfill us or complete us because we are already completed in him. All this addition is an exercise of futility. There was literally, I felt, can I be honest? I felt insecure in my relationship with Jesus and my status and where I was, not among God, but among men. See, that's the problem. And I felt compelled that if I'm going to be like everybody else, I gotta add every book. Mm-hmm. Because that's gonna show that like I'm spiritually, I'm spiritually at the, I'm, 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 I'm where I'm supposed to be. Amen. All you need is Jesus. And you know why all you need is Jesus? It's because when the thief on the cross looked to the left, that's all he had. That's right. He didn't have the time to go to the Christian bookstore to add all the stuff. That's right. He didn't have time And he was as welcomed in as you and I will be. Why? Because when he crossed from this life into the next, 
he was found in him. That's it. I don't believe in deathbed confessions. How do we see evidence of sanctification? It is by grace that you are saved, not by works, lest any man may think that they have added something to Jesus by their work in him. We will spend the rest of our lives unwrapping the mystery of being in him. Father, I just thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you, God, that we are found in you. That it is not Jesus plus. That we don't need to even do that. God, if we have complicated and made our faith with you complex and we're confused because we've added all of these things to our lives and elevated them to the same level of importance as you, God, I pray that today, before you, we would lower everything underneath you. That we would resist the urge to give into the tyranny of the urgent that the enemy will produce in our souls to, to cause us to feel like we need to go and get what could be added when we keep you first. When we seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added. Help us to live our lives holding on to the primary thing, and that is that we are in you. Thank you, God, that we can be found in you, God. For every person in the room, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would take that revelation and that you would communicate it to every person in the room in a unique way that they could fully understand and it would become such a foundational point of trust in you that we are made complete in you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.